Welcome to the Holy Temple Podcast, where we focus on holistic wellness and intentional living. We believe the body is a temple and every room deserves honor and respect. That means mind, body, spirit, and all the juicy and funky spots in between. On this podcast, you'll gain wellness tips and support from the health community as you explore your own holistic journey. My name is Kristen Pridgen, and I'm a health educator, writer, and your host for the show. Now, let's keep it holy. Hey, everyone. Oh, my goodness. It feels so good to say welcome back to the Holy Temple Podcast. Ah, it has been so long, but I am excited to get the ball rolling again, bring out season two. Welcome. And we are excited to continue to talk about how we can love, honor, and respect our holy temples and support each other as we're going on this journey. So if you're with me during season one, you know that the last episode came out in July of 2021. Like what in the world is going on? But originally the plan was for me to take a few weeks off to enjoy the last bit of summer with my family and friends, and then to come back in around September with new episodes but life happened uh, and it happened really fast and it hit pretty hard. So before we get started, I want to share a quick recap as to what was going on during this mini break that became a full, full out off season. Ironically, the last episode on the podcast was about dealing with grief as a couple and literally the next few months we were dealing with grief. Actually, my husband and I were dealing with grief even when we recorded the episode. His granddaddy had passed back in the end of February 2021. And so we were navigating that. But his grandfather on his father's side was was sick and was deteriorating. And we saw him in August and he was not doing well. And not the call in September that his grandfather passed away. And my husband's grandfather was his his father figure in his life. So it was extremely hard and heavy and we were dealing with a lot of grief. So literally the things we were talking about and that episode about grieving as a couple, we had to go through and experience all over again. And then I understand that's life that's going to happen, but it's like, wow, that's, that's really crazy that this happened. Then. So anyways, we were navigating that. Um, I also took up a part-time job doing some content writing for a company out here in Charlotte. So that was taking up some of my time. And my son went back to half-day preschool. So it was just a lot of time constraints were happening and grief and just so many things. Um, But ultimately, I was not prioritizing my health and wellness. I was not respecting my holy temple. And it was starting to show more and more every day. Definitely like I was just in a fight, flight, or freeze state. My my adrenaline state was activated all day, every day. And I was just constantly feeling overwhelmed. I know I deal with anxiety, but it was at a very extreme high to the point where I was just doing my work with my business, my copywriting business, and I was doing my part-time job. And then I was not spending any time with my family because I didn't have the mental capacity to do that with them. And I knew that something had to give. 
um, I disliked the way I was feeling and I didn't, I didn't want to not desire to be around my family, be around my kid. So I said, okay, something has to give here. And I decided to go into therapy and it has been such a huge benefit to my mental health, but also just my overall well-being. And I'm back on this podcast. So <laughs> it's been pretty awesome to get that clarity, to help clear my mind of some things, to set some boundaries. That's really important. And to also um, come up with some fresh content to share with you in season two. So this season is going to be jam-packed with juicy topics on different parts of living with intention and prioritizing your well-being in every area of your life. So I'm excited to get started with this season. I know you're going to enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and that way you'll get notified as soon as the episodes drop each Tuesday. All right, so this first episode that I wanted to start the season off with was about me, and I shared a little bit about what was going on and towards the end of last year, but I was able to discover some healthy ways to to manage my well-being, my mental health, and just my overall wellness. So I wanted to share with you five pieces that are in my wellness toolkit. First one is therapy. Duh. So <laughs> this is a non-negotiable for me. Um, I had put off going to individualized therapy for way too long, primarily because of finances, but also just feeling like, oh, I, I can figure this out. Like I can get this, I can, I can get it. I can work it out. She's, I'm doing too much right now and finish this task, then I'll be able to feel a little bit better and my mind will be clear. And that task could be finished. And my mind was just as cloudy, if not even more. I just realized that I think I had done all of the self-work that I could do. Um, and I needed to have professional guidance to help me come up with some better ways to manage my anxiety and getting out of this adrenaline state, this fight, flight, or freeze state. So I had started looking for a therapist earlier in 2021, but just couldn't find the right one. And this was really just perfectionism. I was just putting too much weight on finding the right one that I just wasn't moving forward. After losing a grandpa and just feeling so overwhelmed to the point where I don't even, didn't even want to be around my family, I was like, yeah, I got to go ahead and get something done. I'm not in a good state. So I picked a therapist and had my first session with her at the end of September, started going every week. And since I started therapy, I have noticed such a huge difference in my mood around my family. I actually enjoy being around them now. And I've made strides towards practicing self-compassion and self-care. And it's been really helpful to develop a healthy strategy to manage my anxiety and to discover who I am in this phase of my life. By going through therapy and talking through what, what was going on, I realized that I'm in a different state than what I was than where I was at a year ago, two years ago. Um, I had transitioned into copywriting and doing that business full time. 
was and when I started therapy, I was doing a part-time job as well. I have a preschooler who is showing me the importance of patience every day. And I had a husband who was grieving, losing two grandfathers in the same year. So I was in a completely different state and I had to learn how to take care of who I was during that time and also embrace who I was becoming. So yeah, but um, Kayla has helped me to find healthy ways to manage my anxiety, to set boundaries because hello, that is so important. That was also a huge reason why I was just so overwhelmed because I wouldn't tell anybody no. And I was putting myself last each and every time. So setting boundaries, prioritizing myself, and coming up with healthy ways to manage my anxiety whenever those triggers were there. That's what I've been gaining from these sessions. Now, granted, the sessions themselves are hard. They are, it's heavy sometimes. Um, it's mentally and emotionally draining because I was kind of stubborn. So like, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Um, so it's been, it's been heavy at times. And then I'm, I'm stubborn at times as well with applying the strategies. But, um, you know, after some time, I would slowly apply those lessons that I had learned and I start to see the benefits and then I would share them with Kayla and she would just give me this she still does she just gives me this little smirk on her face this expression like mm-hmm, I told you but you gotta figure it out on your own so good job so anyways it's been really helpful for me and that has been the non-negotiable tool in my wellness toolbox is therapy if you do not have a therapist, get a therapist. I feel like everybody needs to have somebody they can just talk to who is not related to them, who does not have a personal connection to them, but just to be able to listen to them objectively um, and give them some sound counseling on how they can help improve their brain health. So the next piece in my toolkit is self-awareness. And I will say that for the five items that are in my, in my wellness toolkit, they all kind of interrelate with one another. They all work together. You will hear me mentioning each tool throughout this podcast. So with self-awareness, the Oxford Dictionary describes it as the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. But two psychologists uh, named Shelley Duvall and Robert Wickland came up with this definition, which I think is pretty cool. They say that self-awareness is the ability to focus on yourself and how your actions, your thoughts, or emotions do or do not align with your internal standards. With self-awareness, there's two different types. There's the public self-awareness. That's more so when you're aware of how you appear to others. And then there's also the private self-awareness, which is when you're able to notice your internal state. And as somebody who is a recovering people pleaser and recovering perfectionist. I knew I did not need to focus on my public self-awareness. I'm I'm becoming more and more conscious of not caring of what people think of me. So I knew I didn't need to focus on the public self-awareness, but I need to focus more on my internal private self-awareness. So I started doing some introspection on what am I feeling? What are these emotions that are coming in? What are these thoughts I'm having? What does my self-talk look like? What are these physical symptoms that are popping up as well? Am I actually listening to what my body is telling me? 
And the big lesson that I've learned so far from therapy and from doing this private internal introspection is that I push aside the feelings that I am having. I tend to ignore what my body is telling me. I fight like hell to manipulate my feelings and my emotions and even my physical symptoms towards what looks right. In reality, all I'm doing is just repressing my emotions until they finally boil over. And then I become this hyper dysregulated emotional person who's usually snapping at people, really moody, or I'm just so sad and depressed that I can't do anything. Or on the flip side, with the physical symptoms, I just continue to ignore what they are until I go to the ER thinking that I'm having a heart attack. Yes, that has happened before. Um, And I will share more about that later on this season. But what I've been doing now is actually taking time to sit with my emotions instead of pushing them away. And the big thing I've been doing too is not judging them as right or wrong or good or bad. It's just just an emotion. It's just a thought I had feeling I'm experiencing right now. And instead of judging them, I'm asking myself, why am I feeling that? I'm actually digging in deeper to be able to figure out, is it a trigger I was exposed to that has now caused me to have these emotions and these feelings and thoughts? Or is it something else that that just popped up and I haven't actually paid attention to? Now I need to learn more about what, what my body is telling me. For example, with the physical side, I used to pop Tums like they were candy because of the constant heartburn and nausea I would feel. Like my stomach would be and just turned up and not pretty frequently. And I just attributed to, oh, you know, after I had Amari, I, my heartburn never went away. I had heartburn when I was pregnant. And now it's just like, I can't eat certain foods and stuff because it gives me heartburn, which is very true. But this was also like I would wake up and I would feel nauseous or I would have heartburn. I started doing some introspection and trying to become more self-aware and ask myself, why am I feeling this? What is my body telling me? I started to realize that the nausea and the heartburn would actually come about. Once I would, would start thinking about all of the stuff I had to do for the day, my work, my household chores and duties, all those things on, on that to-do list. I would think about the limited amount of time that I had, that I believed that I had to achieve everything on on my mental to-do list. And I also would deal with a preschooler yelling in the background for some juice or wanting to watch TV or just throwing a tantrum because he's a kid and has yet to learn how to regulate his emotions. But it was just a lot of different triggers that I was being exposed to, and they were making me hella anxious. And... I was not setting healthy boundaries. I was not practicing mindfulness to help me be prepared for the day. I wasn't saying no. I wasn't limiting my to-do list. And I wasn't taking necessary steps to warm myself up and stay grounded. So that way, when things arise, I would know how to handle them. So all this stuff was just building up and I was ignoring it and just saying, oh, I am just super nauseous. Let me just pop a Tums. I'm having really bad heart when me pop a Tums. But really, it was just my body saying, you are extremely anxious right now. We need to do something to ground. But now I'm realizing that and becoming more aware of what my body saw me, asking those questions of why. Why am I feeling this way? What was happening in my environment? Is that a trigger? But taking those moments to be more mindful and to do that deep work and be asked those questions. 
I feel that I'm getting better with sitting in my discomfort and acknowledging what my body is telling me. That is not a fun or a enjoyable activity to do, but it is so important in order to discover what your body is telling you. We, we talk so much about this mind, body, spirit connection and how sometimes your body will tell you what's going on in your mind or vice versa and or your spirit. Um, and so it's just really important to take that moment to sit down, to journal, to help you discover what it is your body is trying to tell you. And that means sitting in that discomfort sometimes. All righty. Well, number three in my wellness toolkit is grounding, doing grounding work. As I was becoming more self-aware of what my mind and my body are telling me, I realized that I also wasn't doing anything to help settle my mind and to help calm those physiological symptoms that I was experiencing. And I also wasn't doing a really good job with navigating my triggers. Granted, you cannot control your environment, but you can control how you respond to them. And that's somebody who feels that they are in a constant fight, flight, or freeze state. Having the ability to gain control over your response instead of reacting makes all the difference. So my therapist helped me determine some ways to ground myself whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm getting into that adrenaline state. Again, like I said, you cannot control your environment completely, but you can control how you respond. And you want to respond. You don't want to react. So some of the grounding methods that I have tried and realized they work for me are literally lying on the floor in corpse pose for my yogis and doing some deep breathing. I take grounding very literally, so I am on the ground. And if I'm at home and I have the opportunity to lie down on the ground, then you may walk into the room and see me lying on the floor, supine position, doing some deep belly breaths. So that's one thing I do to just help me regroup, recenter, and to respond instead of react. What I've also done is pick up guided meditation and actually be more mindful with how I start my day. Before it would be, I would wake up because my son would come in the room and he's ready to get going. Um, and I would never really had that time to uh, take care of myself and prepare for the day. So I'm not a morning person. I just, you know, you hear people say, well, get up early. And I'm like, I also don't feel like I should wake up before the sun gets up. So it's hard for me to get up earlier in the morning. So what I do is now, it seems like we're in a good rhythm. Like my, my husband gets up early and so my son will go to him. So that usually will give me some time to wake up, do some stretching. Uh, I listen to the Bible app and listen to the verse of the day to really just help start my day and do some prayer. And then I may do some guided meditation as well, but just really just taking some moments to do some deep breathing, to get my mind in a centered, focused state before I start my day makes all the difference. That's not every day. So don't think this is perfect, but that's what I strive to do. And if not, then if my son does wake me up in the morning, he comes to me instead of his dad, then I can get him to smoke with me a bit for a little bit, but then I'll get up and I'll just do some stretching. And he may join me on the floor and do some some light stretching, but anyway, I can just have a few moments to myself to align my mind with being clear and focused and saying grounded helps, makes all the difference. 
that's one of my morning routines that I do. Oh, and sometimes I do it after I've gotten my son up and ready for the day. He may be downstairs eating breakfast and I'll go back upstairs into the self-care suites that I have in, in our house and I'll do some stretching there and I'll do some guided meditation. So I just try to sneak away and have that 10 minutes just to get myself together. Another one of my calming, grounding activities is tending to my house plants while listening to music. That is such a joyous, peaceful activity for me. That's something that I've learned about myself. And as I mentioned before, like just really discovering who I am in this phase of my life. I am a plant mama. I'm a plant lady and I love them. I think I have, I just got some more last week. So I think I have 23 plants now. I'm not sure. I got to count them again, but they all have names and I talk to them and I tend to them. Those are my babies, my green babies. And <laughs> I have some Azizi plants. I have have some peace lilies, which side note, I don't know why they're called peace lilies because there's nothing peaceful about them. They're the most finicky plants out there, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have a few calatheas. I have some prayer plants, a rattlesnake and a uh, calathea dotty. Got some monsteras recently, so I'm excited for those. And goodness, I have some pothos. Oh, I have an arrowhead too. Anyways, those are my babes, my green babies, and that is one of my grounding activities now just to help me stay calm and centered. I tend to them with watering them like once a week, but sometimes I just go and like miss them throughout the day or just put on some music and just sit in, into the, the green room is what I call where I have all the plants and just sit in there and just chill. And it's so therapeutic and a really great way to calm. And, and then of course, I mentioned before, I do journaling. And so just being able to sit down and write out my thoughts, write down what I'm feeling without judgment. Yeah, just get it out of my head. I think that's the big thing. It's like get it out of your head can make all the difference to just helping you to be able to calm and be centered and to be able to respond instead of react in these tense moments. All right. Tool number four is mindful movement. If you were listening in during season one, you know that we had Raven Gibbs come onto the podcast and talk about this. Uh, she shared the transformative power from moving your body mindfully. Talked about how it boosts your mood, it reduces stress and anxiety, it improves self-esteem as well. And y'all have to agree, there is a power with moving your body because it feels good and not about how you look. Is really powerful and transformative. Back in December, my family and I were able to get a membership to our local YMCA, and I was so excited because I was craving getting back into the communal exercise. We have a, a home gym here that I'm thankful for, but I was like, I miss being around other people and working out, like just having that camaraderie amongst us of, yeah, let's get, let's get that sweat in and stuff. So, I miss that. So I'm able to get back to my group classes. I love me a good twerk session when I'm in Zumba and Mixed Fit. Hey, y'all. So I just really enjoy being able to do those group classes again and to get back to doing strength training. But I have to say that what's different for me this time compared to when I was at the gym before the pandemic hit, honestly, is that I am not focused on what I look like. 
I'm not caring or being focused on my body image or my shape. I'm not trying to grow this body part or shrink this body part. I am just being focused and being mindful on moving my body because it feels good. And I'm focusing on how I want to feel. And I want to feel stronger. I want to feel like I have more stamina, more endurance. So I'm getting, I'm working on my cardiovascular health when I'm doing these group classes. And I'm working on my strength when I'm doing my weight training on the floor. And that's it. Now, again, we keep it at 100 here. I'm not going to lie to you. Some days are better than others. I do find myself staring in the mirror. I love checking myself out in the mirror. Um, and so I find myself falling into those old ways, those old habits of obsessing over my body image or even comparison. It happens. But whenever I realize that's where my head is, then I make an effort to correct it. I'll tell myself, you're here because this feels good. Do you like moving your body like this? Yes. Okay. Focus on that. Do you see how you're able to do an extra rep? this time as opposed to last time. Cool. It seems like your muscles are getting stronger. That's awesome. That's where I am focusing on when I am moving my body. That mindful movement, like I said, is definitely transformative. And overall, it just feels great to be back in a gym and have that community and that camaraderie amongst us as we are all working on improving ourselves and hopefully moving mindfully. I don't know what other people are there for, but I'm focused on me. Um, and I still enjoy a good walk in the park, going on a trail or walking in the neighborhood. But I use that more so as like a grounding tool now when I'm just doing a, a walk during the afternoon. It's more so to keep me grounded and just to recenter my, my mind and my thoughts. All right. Tool number five this is the last tool that I have in my wellness toolkit, which is me time. One day in therapy, I had another realization. And that was that I tend to care for myself reactively. I'd use it as a way to soothe the breakdown that was already there. But I had this thought and my therapist also emphasized, like, what if you actually start to care for yourself in a proactive way? So you're not soothing what's been hurt, but you're nourishing what's already there. And I was like, oh, I should do that more proactively. So enter Wellness Wednesdays. I strive to make Wednesday all about self-care and compassion. My therapy sessions are held on Wednesdays. Honestly, I'm pretty drained after them. I'm mentally drained. So I figured, why not just spend the rest of the day chilling and loving up on myself? So on Wednesdays, I keep my workload extremely light. I don't do any meetings if possible. And I might just do some small research for whatever project I'm working on, but I try to keep it really light. And it's just like a rest day for me, maybe a prep day for the rest of the week, but it's a light work day for me. With the mental side of it, I take time to journal the thoughts that I have from therapy or just let out what's in my mind. Again, I have to do that brain dump. So I take some time to journal without judgment and just write down what I'm feeling or what's happening in my world. And another thing I do is eat a nourishing meal. Mind you, I said nourishing. I didn't say healthy. I said nourishing. So this is nourishing my body and the soul. So I eat what I feel like eating that day. And it may be a salad. It 
maybe a pizza with actual cheese, not vegan cheese, because this is not nourishing yourself. Eh? <laughs> and uh, it may be some cookies. Whatever I'm eating, I'm going to enjoy every bite of it. Also go for a walk in the neighborhood. One day I went to the library and I was like, oh, it feels so good to be in a library again. I binge watched some TV, some Netflix, HGTV. So whatever it is, it's just my day to chill. Within reason, of course, because I still have duties to do. I still have to do school, drop off and pick up. Um, I still have to do some, some work, like I mentioned, but it's very minimal. But I just found that taking a few hours of a day to prioritize myself without judgment um, or feeling that call of duty, he gives me the refreshment to finish the remainder of the week strong. So yeah, whether I can spend three hours having a wellness Wednesday or shoot, even if it's just an hour and a half, that's therapy and then maybe 30 minutes of journaling, it's still like, wow, I got to just kind of chill out today um, as opposed to cleaning the house and working on this project and, and having discovery calls with potential clients and still doing like my regular school pickup drop off. So yes, have some me time y'all. Anyways, I just wanted to record this episode to welcome you all back to the Holy Temple podcast, to welcome you to season two, because I'm giving you some juicy content this season and uh, to share with you five tools and my wellness toolkit. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to hear from you. Let me know what you're doing to manage your well-being and what tools you have in your wellness toolkit. I hope you enjoyed and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Holy Temple Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. Until the next time we meet, remember to respect your holy temple.